Well, first of all, I'd like to say good evening, and I love Brother Derek very much, and much too kind of words. Uh, I know I uh, had mentioned to me last week, and kind of struck my heart when he said he always seen me with a smile on my face, and my niece works with me at uh, my workplace, and I was walking by, and she goes, you need to smile, and um, now I've, I've heard this from time to time, and and I'm like, this is my smile. But I'm, when I'm with the Lord's people, there's much more joy than out in the world. And that's when uh, that smile shines more. I'm excited to, to see what the Lord has in store for us this evening. And uh, I pray I can keep up that smile. And, and uh, thankful for uh, my church uh, Friendship for those who are able to come out this way and supporting me. It means a lot to me. And um, I don't consider myself a very good preacher. Um, I hope I get to be better. But it's whatever the Lord's will would be. If I stand up here to be foolish tonight and can grow from that, then I want it to be so. If you have your Bibles with you and like to follow along, We're going to be in Acts chapter 5. I love this book. And and a little background in uh, this was written by Luke. And it's really kind of two separate books. And. Uh, chapters 1 through 12 are more on the Acts of the Apostle Peter. Um, and then 13 through 28 is more focused on the Acts of Paul. So we want to begin this evening. And, and I would like to say I, it does my heart good to see so many children out here. I am so thankful to see that. You don't see that in a lot of the churches. And God has truly blessed you all with this. And, and I love the song, uh, Let Me Tell You About Jesus. Um, I think we need to share that good news about our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And, and as I was sitting there thinking about it, it was, and what the message that had been put on my heart and how God has stirred my heart on this is I wanted to share it with everyone. And I want to tell you about Jesus, because this story tonight, even though uh, you don't really hear too much about Jesus, it's all about Jesus, and I'm thankful for that. So we're going to look and start out in verse 12, and it's going to be just kind of starting us to get to where we really need to be, but we're going to focus later on um, more on um, verse 33 through 39. So a little bit of a lengthy reading, and found a way to lengthen my sermons a little bit, just read more. But no, uh, I've had some pretty short ones. You can ask Brother Micah, but the Lord knows what needs to be said. So we'll begin the reading in verse 12, and it says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Now this, uh, as we're reading, uh, we need to understand it wasn't really by the apostles, but it was through the apostles that God was able to work these miracles and these wonders that were happening. And, 
how they were able to heal so many. It says, and the rest durst no man join himself or himself to them, but the people magnified them and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women. And we just pause there for a minute and, and think about the multitudes that were added. It said the more it was, you know, daily adding to them. And in the previous chapter in uh, Acts chapter four, it talks about how 5,000 were added. Um, this is a great and glorious day. Um, I don't know how I passed over that before reading through it. I always thought that uh, the day of Pentecost when 3,000 were saved was the most they were ever saved. But then as I started reading it, I realized I don't know much, even though I've read through it and read through it. But some reason that just kind of stood out to me. And I was like, wow, what a glorious day that would be to see 5,000 saved in one day. So continuing on in uh, verse 15, it says, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Now we'll pause here for just a moment and, and consider that all these people had heard all these wonderful works that were going on that the apostles were doing and the healing and and who wouldn't want to come and see this, especially if they were sick and needed help. So many of these people were coming out and they were bringing those in couches and beds and they were hoping that just the shadow of Peter might pass by. Now, I don't think there was any saving power in uh, shadow, uh, the shadow of Peter, but it was their faith their believing of what they had heard through the apostles that God was with them, that they were able to do this. They were seeing God through them. And I believe when the apostles were out and, and spreading the good news, they were declaring this too. I don't think they were saying, look at what we can do. They were, they were lifting up Jesus. And uh, so let's try to understand that and, and not look at it just on the, the top there, but down a little deeper um, even though I told myself I didn't want to get too theological today, I, I, what I want to do is kind of stay right on top of it. I think there's a lot of good uh, in this and not having to get too deep. It says, There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. It, it doesn't say that there was one that was not healed. I'm thankful for those that were able to come out this way and I thank God that he's always willing for those that would believe to heal, that he heals the sickness of the soul. And I'd also like to say that if, if God is dealing with your heart, I'm thankful that we have churches that have an altar up front. If you want to come up and pray up front, I don't know where anyone stands with the Lord, but if he's dealing with you and I'm still up here, you know, just talking, flapping my jaws, don't let that stop you. Come right up. I know when the Lord dealt with my heart, there was nothing that was going to stop me. And I, I just wanted to kind of let everyone know that, that be willing when God is knocking. In verse 17, it says, And then the high priest rose up, and all that were with him, which were the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. They were jealous. They were jealous of what all these apostles were doing, and they didn't like it. 
their pride was getting hurt. It said, and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak in the temple to the people, all the words of this life. So here we see the apostles that uh, they were taken up and put in a prison. And at nighttime, the angel of the Lord came out, opened up the prison and let them free and tells them to go to the temple and speak all the words of this life, to preach about Jesus. And the apostles said, and when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. Now, I think about this today, and if something were to happen and I, you know, uh, some group of people would come in here and say, you can no longer assemble or you're going to be put in jail. I think most of us would still assemble, then we'd be put in jail. Now, getting out, would we go right back out and do it again? I hope so. But we really don't know, at least I don't really know, what I would do myself in that situation. I hope I would always stand for the Lord. And that's what these apostles did. They went out early in the morning. They didn't delay any. They were out there first thing in the morning, ready and willing to continue to preach and teach Jesus. It says, but the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying the prison truly found we shut with all safety and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. So, now we see that when this council of men came together and they said, go get these men, they went to go get them and they go into the prison and they find that it was locked up. The guards were still in front of it. But when they go in to the cell, there's no one there. It says, now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. Now, I'll just pause here for a moment and consider this, that uh, when the captain and his officers went to go get the apostles out here at the temple where they were teaching and preaching, they did without violence. Because they were feared the people. The people had been healed and many wonderful works, many saved. They, you know, were going to be angry if here they come and get these men that had done all these wonderful works. But to get just a little bit deeper there is to consider what the apostles didn't do. The apostles didn't say, start a riot and say, you know, you can't take us, you know, um, as I was thinking about this, because the apostle could have easily said, no, we're not going to prison. I think the people would have backed them. <coughs> Excuse me. So when they brought these people without violence, they, 
It says in verse 27, And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you, or strictly command you, that you should not teach in this name? Now, they weren't even willing to use Jesus' name. They're trying to avoid it in all ways that they can. And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. It's great that, to hear that they filled Jerusalem with the doctrine of Jesus, with the teaching and the preaching of Jesus. It says, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Amen? I am thankful for this because I know this. I know it is much better to obey God than men. We, we are to uh, listen to those who govern us and we're supposed to hold them up uh, in authority and pray for them. But when it goes against God, that's when we need to stop listening to them. It says, the God of your fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Now, as I read this and started considering it, I think this was a message that they were given to the council to repent. God is willing to forgive even for what you've already done. He was willing because God loves his creation. And it says, and we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given them that obey him. Now, I love this because they are eyewitnesses of what Jesus did. They've given his life and rising the third day. And but I'm thankful also that we don't have to do it alone. That Jesus, when he said, when I go, I will not leave you comfortless. That he gave us the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, however you want to say it. That we don't have to do this alone. That we can be a witness and that our spirit bears witness with other spirits. <clears throat> now here uh, in verse 33 through 39 is what we really want to focus on. Now we kind of got a little background of what has happened and what has occurred. I might pronounce some of these names a little differently than uh, what some of you may have heard of them. Uh, try to overlook that if you would. And, but I love this account. I'm thankful for God's written word and how we can study it and look to it and how the Holy Spirit just speaks to us as we read it. So it says, when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Now, this is the first time that you hear that they're looking to take the lives of the apostles. Then stood there up one in the council a Pharisee named Gamaliel. He was a doctor or a teacher of the law, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. So he was highly esteemed and a teacher of the law in this council. 
And he tells them to put him a little space, give him a little time. We'll see what happens. He's kind of like one of the fence straddlers. Kind of let's see what happens. And he said unto them, ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Theodos, boasting himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 4,000, joined themselves who was slain and all as many as obeyed or followed him were scattered and brought to naught or nothing. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the, in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him. He also perished and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught or nothing. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. Uh, I love this and, and I'm thankful that we can stand on this. That the same as if I'm standing up here preaching, if it's of me, it's going to come to nothing. It might help for a temporary time. I was speaking to a brother this morning and, and as I was considering this, as God had laid it on my heart and I'd read it through and considering there's a lot of psychologists out there and a lot of self-help and books you can read that can help you and, and some of them can help the individual. But it's a temporary thing. Um, the trials of life can come in and just wreak havoc on all that had helped you in, or even if it helps you till your last day here on earth, it's still, that's temporary. God gives a help that's eternal, that is everlasting, that is forever. So when they're talking about this, there are things we see in the world that don't seem like there's nothing that's of men that can be a help for a, a certain amount of time. The same as I believe this whole book can be taken literally and learn very uh, good lessons in it, especially in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes that those who do not have be able to discern it spiritually can still learn from it and lead happier lives by trying to follow it. But to live eternally it takes the spirit so to finish up and conclude here at verses 40 through 42 I'd like to touch on just for a moment it says and to him they agreed and when they had called the apostles and beaten them they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go now, when I started studying and looking into this a little bit, there were some comments about being beaten. And uh, I think when I was a child, I was beaten. You know, I was spanked. Um, but this was more, I guess, could be better translated as skinned. That when they were beaten, it tore the flesh. That some died from these beatings. So it wasn't just a, a light beating. It was very harsh. So as we consider this, it says, and they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach 
Jesus Christ. I am thankful for men like this to be an example of what our work here is on earth, that no matter what comes before us, we should be able to rejoice that we're able to suffer for the name of Jesus. And as I had mentioned earlier, it's just temporary. And I try to always remember that in my heart, that this time, no matter how much we, I have to work and how hard and difficult it can become sometimes, and I have to give up my time and give up a lot of my hobbies and things like that, I'm working to something more eternal. And I, we got to get out there and preach and teach Jesus. And I'm thankful that God tells us in his word that we don't have to figure this out, that we don't really need to rely on men, though there are great uh, witnesses and uh, to show us and support us in the work that we're doing. But if there just be one, I believe God will look over that and look down on that one and show him the right way. And, um, and I did want to touch in, in Joshua and in uh, First Kings that Joshua had stood there and said, uh, well, let me just go to it. Because as I considered uh, what Gamaliel was talking about, and this just laid on my heart in Joshua 24 and Okay, here it is, uh, verses 13 and 14. And it says, I have given you a land for which ye did not labor and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which ye planted not do ye eat. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And continue on in 15, it says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in, those, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And as I was thinking about what Gamaliel had mentioned about... Uh, you know, give them a little time, being that fence straddler, kind of, let's see what happens. I think God instructs us many a times, we need to make a choice. We need to make a decision that we shouldn't dilly-dally around. And see in 1 Kings verse or uh, chapter 18, and in verse 21, it says, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long uh, halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, then follow him. And it said, and the people answered him, not a word. And that's what kind of has really stirred my heart is considering where we stand with the Lord. You know, are we here to serve the Lord or are we just a, here on Sunday to, to serve the Lord? 
I'm thankful to see so many people out on a Sunday evening. And, and I think that shows a lot and, and is a great uh, testimony to the community that what we're de dedicated to. And uh, I'm thankful that God can help us and we just, to look to him, I, I pray to him all the time, if there's any sin in my life, help me to see what it is, I would turn from it. And no matter what it be, but he's always gives me a choice. That we would not have to stand there and not sure or not understanding uh, between two opinions. And anyway, as I was reading that, I also thought about and about uh, Lord saying, I'd, you know, either... Uh, I'll misquote this, but kind of paraphrasing, because you were not hot and you were not cold, but you were lukewarm, I spew you out of my mouth. We need to be one or the other. We need to quit straddling the fence is what, what the Lord was speaking to me. Now, what he speaks to you, that's, that's between you and the Lord, but that's what he's kind of spoken to me. And, and I have, uh, it seems like here lately, been trying to worry about a lot with my family um, pray for my wife and my children. Um, they don't want anything to do with church. They, I don't know. Um, some tells me that, you know, my wife, she got under conviction the last time she came. It was probably three years ago or so. And um, she don't want to talk about it one bit. But I can't stand in my house and say that's okay. Um, she needs to hear that it's not okay that she needs to make a choice. Um, and there might be some rough times ahead. Pray for me that the Lord will give me strength and the right words and the love that he has shown me to her. Um, that's what the Lord has placed on my heart. I, I appreciate the opportunity to come out this way and try to grow in the ministry and, and God's word and thankful always for God, how He's God is just speaking to me. And, 